Number 19, a reading of each of three episodes. Episode A, A Year with the Church Fathers. Appreciate God's mercy after the fall, taken from St. John Chrysostom, homily 1, On the Power of Demons, 2. Episode B, Through the Year with Thomas Merton, a symbolic figure taken from Disputed Questions. Episode C, taken from the Magnificat, January 2023, Volume 24, Number 11. Item number one, a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, Chapter 3, Verses 7 through 12. Number two, Meditation of the Day, Pressing Upon Him with Hope. Episode A, A Year with the Church Fathers. Appreciate God's mercy after the fall. Our sin is entirely our own fault, says St. John Chrysostom. But God loves us so much that he turns our disaster into an even greater and good than before. Man threw away everything he had, his right to speak freely, his communion with God, his time in paradise, his unclouded life, and went out naked like a survivor from a shipwreck. But God received him and immediately clothed him, and taking him by the hand gradually led him to heaven. And yet the shipwreck was quite unforgivable, for this tempest was entirely due not to the force of the winds, but to the carelessness of the sailor. Yet God did not look at this, but had compassion for such a great disaster. He received the one who had been shipwrecked in the harbor as lovingly as if he had happened in the middle of the ocean. Why? Because when no sadness or care or labor or toil or countless waves of desire assaulted our nature, it was overturned and fell. And just as criminals who sail the sea often drill through the ship with a small iron tool and let the whole sea into the ship from below, so when the devil saw the ship of Adam, by which I mean his soul, filled with many good things, he came and drilled through it with his voice alone, as if it were a little iron tool, and stole all his wealth and sank the ship itself. But God made the gain greater than the loss, and brought our nature to the royal throne. Take it from St. John Chrysostom, Homily 1, on the purpose of demons, 2. In God's presence, consider, do I really trust God to take away my sin and bring an even greater good from it? How would my life show if I really did have that trust? Closing prayer, Father, cast me not away from your presence but let your servant find grace and mercy and forgiveness before you. Episode B, Through the Year with Thomas Merton. 
a symbolic figure. We must remember that Robinson Crusoe was one of the great myths of the middle class, commercial civilization of the 18th and 19th centuries, the myth not of hermetical solitude, but of pragmatic individualism. Crusoe is a symbolic figure in an era when every man's house was his castle in the trees, but only because every man was a very prudent and resourceful citizen who knew how to make the best out of the least and could drive a hard bargain with a competitor, even with life itself. Carefree Crusoe was happy because he had an answer to everything. The real hermit is not sure so sure he has the answer, taken from disputed questions. Episode C, The Magnificat, January 2023, Volume 24, Number 11. Item number one, a reading from the gospel according to Mark, chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Edomia, from beyond the Jordan and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowds, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! He warned them sternly not to make him known the gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the day, pressing upon him with hope. Your goodness toward bodies, O my God, is the guarantee of your goodness toward souls. You, who were so good in the past, are no less so now that you are in heaven and our infirmities are no less present to you now than were those of such unfortunate people. And you, knowing how much more precious the soul is than the body, the soul ransomed at such high cost, will offer it remedies, will cure it with far more eagerness. Let us hope in grace and in the glory, which is a fruit of grace. O oh my God, who were so tender when you were talking to people, the happiness you now enjoy did not cause your goodness to diminish, nor your heart to grow cold. Let us hope for the health of our souls in this world and in the next, through grace and glory of him who gaveth health so generously to all around him. There is no despised nor despicable state out of which you can't draw souls, not only to save them, but to turn them into your chosen ones, to elevate them to great sanctity. You draw out from the dust of the road the lost and trampled drachmae, and you return them to their pristine beauty. Let us never despair, neither for ourselves nor for others, for any other, no matter how steeped in vices, 
no matter how all good feelings seem to be dead in him, let us never despair, not only when it comes to salvation, but also to the possibility of an admirable sanctity God is powerful enough. The good shepherd can bring back the sheep to the fold at the eleventh hour, just as the first. His goodness and his power know no limits. There is no limit to hope, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. This is an obligation for us, according to the Holy Spirit, who speaks through St. Paul. Let us, all of us who feel that we are sick hope. It was for us that the divine physician came. It is for us that Jesus, the Savior, has come. <laughs> 